Welcome to The Work, a new podcast brought to you by TheaterWorks Silicon Valley. Join us as we explore the world of theater, connecting with artists in a national conversation around the most pressing issues within the industry. I am Alejandra Cisneros. And I'm Steve Muterspaugh. And this is The, the Work. Work. On today's episode, we discuss the movement of community building with our guest Jesus Reyes, Director of Community Partnerships at Center Theater Group in the heart of downtown Los Angeles. Welcome, Jesus. Um, and in today's first episode, uh, we wanted to talk about all things community partnerships, community partnerships, which sometimes tends to be a huge umbrella for different kinds of work that organizations want to do. Um, so with that lead in, I'd um, say, Jesus, what do you do at Center Theater Group? What is the director of community partnerships? Well, I started off as the community partnerships program manager. manager? Yes, because you know, we love our titles. Yes. And then <laughs> like probably the next year I became community partnerships director. <laughs> So that was awesome. And in my role, uh, I'll give a little a little background. Center Theater Group's Education and Community Partnerships Department, I don't know, at least 10 years ago or so, had hired a new director. Then the director took it upon herself to really, I mean, it was with the company's blessing to really reshape the department. Uh, and so Leslie Johnson, that was the director's name, Took it, uh, took started to work on the education part, and then by around 2012 or so, uh, it was time to look at the, at the community partnerships part of this education community partnerships department, which also had a renaming, I believe, around fundraising. Right as the field yeah. was changing, and um, and and titles are changing, departments are changing. You know, uh, edu education community partnerships was a very good way to um, really attract new funding and and expand the work that that the education department was doing in the community. So then uh, they had uh, gotten a grant, the department had gotten a grant, a TCG AHA, uh, Think It, Do It grant, $50,000, and then to do community programs, which is the probably the more uh, popular yeah. and more knowledgeable community programs. And that's really what I do, right? I yeah. design and implement community programs. And then um, I was brought in and Leslie made it a very uh, 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 important decision to make my role a, a staff, a pers personnel. So my, my uh, salary was tied into personnel, not dependent on uh, a grant. So that yeah, was awesome. Yeah, yeah. So I was getting paid and then I had $50,000 to play with. Uh, and then uh, people had conversations around what community program would be in this area called Boyle Heights because our our costume shop and our prop warehouse is in Boyle Heights. Unfortunately, I, I live in Boyle Heights and I've done <laughs> theater in Boyle Heights. Uh, so when I was brought on board, I looked at all the, the dreaming they had, they had uh, done and put on paper and then I happily balled it up and threw it away. And uh, I was like, thank you. I'll, I read it all. It's lovely ideas. So and we're going to come back to this, right? And we'll like come back what, to this. what it means to write something for funders and then to actually 
and actually talk to a community and ask what what do you need (laughs) so that is what i do i wear in bull heights and my job is not to um sell tickets not to develop an audience which is something we'll probably talk about uh but to connect with engage with uh be in community with people of this area known as Boyle Heights. And I am very happy to be here. And I look at what are we good at? We're a theater company. We're storytellers, um, technically, artistically. Uh, so how can I bring that and uh, come into a community and then start to talk to people in a community and be like, this is what we do. Is this interesting to you? How can we develop some programming that might support some of your vision and your uh, constituents and your partners? And then we start from there. And that's really it. I design and implement whatever wonderful ideas we come up together. And also what wonderful ideas get me excited every morning. You know, I have to do the work. So I also have to be mindful of what I'm excited about. Because <laughs> they're mutually beneficial relationships. <laughs> I mean, a happy program manager slash community partnerships director makes a happy person. <laughs> community member, yeah. Incredible. Community <laughs> building in and out. What? <laughs> yeah. And just a quick disclaimer, I know you um, not only as an artist in working in East LA and Los Angeles, um, as a director and creator, but also um, I've worked with you at Center Theater Group through a TCG, a theater communications group, um, Leadership U grant yes. that um, I received to have Jesus be my mentor at Center Theater Group, um, which I got to work with um, you for, what was it, about two years? It, it In- felt like 10, but probably two. Yeah, it was a really good time, though. It was so much fun. <laughs> Can we define that time period? <laughs> Why did it feel like 10? Let's get to Because we were having so much Because we never time. wanted it to end. <laughs> um, and which I learned uh, a lot and I think was one of the my, my favorite times working um, in an organization under this idea of community um, and just... It really, I've taken everything I've learned there and used it in my career since then. So oh, um, thank you so much gratitude, but also letting folks know that's this relationship here. Um, and outside of that, I know you as a, an amazing director, uh, uh, someone who had a theater company in Los Angeles, got East LA Rep, um, the artistic director of that. So your ties to Boyle Heights are a lot. Um, Can you talk to me a little bit about how that informs the work you do in that area? I will. And, and, and before I say that I have ties to San Jose and theater works. Um, I went to school at San Jose state and I studied Mm -hmm. San Jose state and under Amy Glazer and Betty Poindexter and these amazing artists. And then I worked at San Jose state San Jose rep uh, with Timothy near back in the day and John McCluggage, who's, incredible uh, Teatro Vision in San Jose and then moved my way up um, and on theater works I think I worked on Broken Eggs when they did Broken Eggs Amy Gonzalez directed it in the small space uh, and I saw a lot of a lot of plays there maybe I worked did I work on conversations with my father with Amy I don't remember but uh, so I know I know I know a theater works very well with Le- Leslie Martinson 
and, and Robert and a bunch of people. So I'm glad that I'm here. Thank you. And I'd love to always go back to the Bay Area whenever I can. Uh, so how does that inform? Well, I'm from Bull Heights. And I think what's important to understand for everybody working in community and community programming, that when somebody says you're going to work with this community, a community, whatever community, uh, even if you're from there, you don't know it. You don't know it completely. And so the 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 wonderful part is that I get to rediscover my community in a different way and every time. And it changes every year, uh, every day. Uh, uh, but what I bring to it, what I take from it is that I grew up here and I know that it's um, a very first generation immigrant, heavily Mexican with a rich history of uh, Eastern Europeans, Jewish, and Black, uh, Japanese, uh, people that lived before I got here. And there you still see, it's still, still evidence with the architecture, the food. It's amazing. <laughs> it's incredible, right? It's this wonderful salad of of, of people that have been through Bull Heights and uh, left their mark. And um, so I bring that with me because I'm aware of it, right? Um, I bring the love of my Mexican culture. I bring the love of uh, being raised by a single mother who is a waitress, uh, which really, I, I think, probably impacts me even more than anything yeah. else when I think about it. You know, so every time I, uh, I, I consider anything, a community program in this community, I think of her and, and know that Theater is was not part of her world, at least from what I remember. Um, uh, theater was not important to her. Theater didn't bring her any joy. We never went to the theater. Uh, she was a waitress and worked really hard and, you know, uh, spoke Spanish mostly. You know, that was my first language, had arthritis, and she was incredible, great laugh, and a uh, wonderful person. And um, so she makes up some of the people who live in this community, mm -hmm. right? I saw, so so I think about her all the time and it's like, would she enjoy this? What would she say? Am I getting too highfalutin? What, <laughs> is her voice coming into my head going, I no, le pones muchas crema a tacos. <laughs> you know, you can translate that later. Or care. not. Or not. <laughs> Look it up. Um, so <laughs> do your work. So, you know, so that informs me. About and we'll come time. back to that thought yeah. right later, too, because I think it's very important. <laughs> uh, so that's a big thing. Uh, and then uh, and then as I start looking into community, what I start discovering are these different layers of people that live here and um, and take a little bit from that, if I answered some of that question. I think so. And I think one thing that has always stayed with me that we've talked about is um, reminding ourselves, whether we're in the institution or not, is that uh, a community doesn't need us. They have their own ecosystem and they will continue doing what they need to do with or without us. Um, we, we, the institutions, are the ones that need a community. Um, and I think this ties back into um, the notion, right, that you brought up early on about a grant, right? The difference between a grant that's written and what a community actually needs. Um, do you want to dive a little bit more into that specific? Yeah, and maybe with an example. Uh yeah. yeah, you know, it's very important if anybody's listening to this that does the work we do. The moment I'm glad you, that you protect on that last bit. <laughs> <laughs> the 
the moment you think you're doing something for a community that you're providing this amazing service is the moment you've sort of lost and you've lied to yourself. Mm-hmm. And I and it's not that we don't have something wonderful to add to the conversation to 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 make people's lives uh, wonderful because I believe we do. Um, but so many arts organizations, especially nonprofit organizations and funders and funding opportunities have done a great disservice to communities where they come in, spend this money and then they leave and we never see them again. And and it's, it's really simple common sense, right? Like, do, do, do we like that? Do you like that? I mean, I don't, you know, we love the free stuff, but so the community doesn't need, need us because what is important to them is security, education, cleanliness, you know, services. Um, again, thinking about my mother, right, and our mm-hmm. families. And so that's what's important. Everything after that, especially what I bring to the table, um, is something else, is uh, is on a different level. But if I go away, the, con- the community continues without mm-hmm. me. And they will continue forever without us because... Um, they they have a a, a different um, what's the word um, they, Priority. they the priorities yeah. yeah they have their priorities and and their priorities are to pay the rent you know to send the kids off to school to uh, enjoy themselves also um, so so I feel very privileged to go into Boyle Heights in my community in different parts and meet different people so I, so so it's a great way to check myself um, I know. We've done better uh, with grants and 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 sort of talking to funders and being like, this is what we want to do. This is why. So this is what the project's going to be. But there have been examples where uh, we've received a, a grant, a big, sizable grant uh, before my time. I didn't receive it. I just came in to administer it, uh, inherit it. Uh, and it was to go to these two communities that we weren't working in. We had no stake in, nobody had worked in, right? So these two communities in Limerick Park and in Montebello at the time, uh, which is a wonderful idea. You know, the, the projects were wonderful, very creative and connect with more people. Um, but we got this grant because it was sizable, it was sexy, it was flashy. And um, and we wanted this funder to give us money and yada, yada, yada. So we did it. And we did great work. You know, we spent that money. You know, I had to account for every penny of it. Um, and 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 I still, there are still a small number of people that I still work with from from that those communities because I made up my personal missions. Like, oh, I I love those people. They're wonderful. Let, let's see how mm-hmm. we can continue to work with them. Um, but if it wasn't me, whoever would have been me would have just finished the grant and then moved on to the next grant and the next grant, which. Which is fine, you know. I think I think if you this is what you want to do, if your organization wants to do, if this is the business model, mm-hmm. then go ahead. And and honestly, um, I don't think anybody in the community is getting hurt because they don't need us. They'll be like, oh, yeah, I remember them. They came, they <laughs> went. You know, somebody will come back. Um, but we have been very bad hosts we have been very bad neighbors we have been very bad uh, visitors and guests and um and that's wrong uh but organizations exist this way this is the model and 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 um 
and people are happy going, oh, we did these wonderful workshops for the children. The children were so happy. <laughs> yeah, of course they were happy, but then you never went back to see how the children are doing. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, it's, um, right, it's that helicopter model, right? There's so many names for it. It's like a helicopter model. It's like also like you're harvesting communities of color. And it's specifically like communities of color that that get this brunt of of many um, services coming in for a period of time and then they disappear and and so much about building a relationship. And just like you mentioned, even as human beings, as individuals, this consistency um, is being a resource for each other and constantly being in communication with someone. So that when you do need something, you feel um, safe enough to say, we need this service, yeah. you know, that there is a, a line for communication there. And I think a lot of, just like you described when thinking about programming, I think a lot of my family too, like I, I do use my, my mom, my dad, my siblings, uh, myself as kind of... Um, what is it like, like barometer. a barometer a barometer yeah. for like would i be interested in this would yeah. i spend money on this would my parents because i am also um you know english is my second language so i also speak i think in spanish i speak in english oh. so like do these programs appeal to me in that way and are they speaking in my language and if they're not there's a variety of other things that do so mm -hmm. I, I am not going to spend my energy trying to convince you to see me, um, which is is so much, I think, of what happens in community work. It's just like, well, you don't care about me. I don't really care about you. I don't got to go see your show. <laughs> your I show mean, will come and go. <laughs> I mean, if I'm a monolingual, I'm, I can't even read the title. I don't know what it means. Yeah, so. I don't even know what the play means. Where's the door? I don't know. <laughs> How do I get there? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and I will say... Um, and you know this, I've been very fortunate um, to to be allowed to do the work and to mm. do it since 2014. And there will come a time when it'll end and there'll be a shift. Um, um, and for that, then there has to be some wonderful sunsetting, right? Event and thank yous and, and whatnot. So so I know that that will happen and that that's going to be my responsibility to to do something to close it off. Um, and say, you know, thank you for letting me into your home and, and all that stuff. So that, that, that's going to happen. I know for sure. And I'm okay with that. You know, we have to do that. <laughs> and what, um, what do you think, or is this your experience that is there a difference between, or how do you explain your pedagogy to the organization? The, and when the organization may not um function with the same values that perhaps you enter like you said um you know with montebello and with lamar park it was important to you as an individual to keep a relationship with individuals um, but what if the organization doesn't act in that same way how do you either help the organization move forward or be like okay <laughs> so uh i've been fortunate they leave me alone. I do it. We get attention. We get grants. Uh, we get some wonderful acknowledgments. People are happy. Uh, the children are going to to the shows. The the intergenerational is happening. But 
that is not a theater, art theater company's mission, right? Like education is in the mission, but that's not the priority. And we're not alone, you know, Center Theater Group is not alone in, in this because the, the way the motto is said is that the, the theaters make the money and you need the theaters to continue to make the money to keep your job, to keep the services going, including education and community partnerships. So even though you're a nonprofit, so it gets really <laughs> iffy, right? So as much as there is support and love and we love what you do, um, you know, you know, uh, you know, if there's true support by who shows up, mm-hmm. who knows what the work you do, you know, and it's not an ego thing. It's just, it's just what it is. You can't compete with a, a show from Broadway, you know, with a library reading you know what I mean it's not it doesn't it doesn't exist in the spectrum of things to do for some staff some some leadership some board members um fortunately we have a committee of board members that are interested in education but even then they see children they think children they think of um what is it um matinees Mm-hmm. So they love them because they see it, right? They see the big yeah. bang. Whereas, you know, we go into community and if six people show up, that's fantastic. If yeah, you're like up, success. Success, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it makes no sense to board members because they're business people, right? Yeah. So the return on investment seems to be uh, not balanced, um, <laughs> which which is a different conversation because I want to see the return on investment on shows and commissions, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> You know, compared to my budget. So, uh, but then to restart, to try to restart the same way, that's dangerous. Because what Which did you learn? what happened time? a lot, right? Across the field. Across yes. the field. There Across was a reckoning of sorts. Yeah. I won't go any further into that. I'll just call it the reckoning. And, and then we kind of, everyone just came back. And there were statements printed online. Yeah. Um, but that that didn't inform how we moved forward. Um, and I won't even say post-pandemic because we're still in the pandemic. And, and when we think about our communities, um, how were we servicing them either through the height of the pandemic or even now um, in terms of what else they need outside of the arts? Because there were so many things that became priority, especially I, I just remember in like Spanish speaking communities, like I just kept thinking, oh, we do theater. We yeah. can we can create PSAs. We can help, um, you know, s- spread the message about what COVID is and and how important it is to stay at home or all that stuff. But it's like we were not able as organizations to activate or I guess shift, do quick shifts to actually uh, support and be in partnership with our communities in that way. I yeah, because that's not part of the vision. That's not part of the mission. Yeah. You know, that's not part of um, who whoever is holding that is not part of it. And and so if there are a handful of people trying to push that forward, it gets very difficult and it gets incredibly tiresome, especially as people are themselves living in this moment. So you have one or two people pushing against a system that literally has pressed pause on the tape deck and is waiting, you know, and, and, and let's not spend the money, but yet we keep some 
key staff making a lot of money. So, so I don't understand <laughs> even with the cuts, uh, you know, so, so it's really fascinating that we don't want to be political. Mm-hmm. We don't want to be responsive because we're so afraid. And I understand, you know, we are afraid, but I also believe that um, it was about, it was about the pause button and it's like, let's hold off and let's get back together. Um, when we could have done a lot, I know personally, you know, I'm, not incredibly political. This is from an upbringing. But the thing I knew immediately was into the pandemic as we go into this conversation. um, I have a budget and I had money from a grant so Mm -hmm. that I had to finish paying off. Fortunately, um, uh, I had to use uh, this California Arts Council grant and they opened, they were, please spend it. Don't worry about what you were going to do it on. I mean, obviously we couldn't do it. We spend it. It was a good amount of money. And uh, so it became very easy. $100 goes a long way, right? So the call was put out to community members, local artists. And it's like, what do you want to say? What do you want to create? I'm here to support that. And here's some money. Because we know that the security around money, you know, there's security around money and, and helping at the time when we're like, what's happening in the world? Yeah, it um, became highly scarce scarce and people losing jobs and and so that was wonderful and that that that's where um the organization supported and by the organization really the the team right it's like yeah go ahead spend the money and we did and we you know we created wonderful video content and um people got paid and we we probably gave money to more people than we usually do, um, even though it's small amounts from a thousand to three thousand dollars. Uh, but that's what I could do at the time, right? That's what um, I was excited about. That's how. That's what my spirit needed, also, because again, mm-hmm. I have to wake up to do this, and that's what I had to live through. And um, and yeah, you know, I was I was fortunate in in that sense, but we. Yeah, we don't like to. We don't like to move forward. It's really fascinating to me. I don't understand why. And just to clarify, um, the program Jesus is talking about was this incredible program called Community Stories that ran through the height of the pandemic. And remind me, it was it was a it was many micro grants uh, around commissions to um, artists, and I use that broadly because it was really anybody that could tell a story um, was given a micro grant uh, to create, uh, it could be a visual story, but it was also, there were also audio stories, they were audio uh, stories, graphics, they were all sorts of things that ran from like two minutes to five minutes to 10 minutes. 30 minutes, yeah. Um, So it really, again, as you mentioned, Artists, again, there was a pause and lost jobs. And this was also an amazing way that was actually showing that we do have the ability to service, like you said, as storytellers, give that um, resource to the people in our community. And do you you know how many new works you commissioned through the community stories? I do not. It was it was a it was a lot. Like in my head, I just see like a bunch of pictures right on the website. Yeah. Uh, it it just I, I don't remember. And then it and then it becomes about um, the group of people, right? So if I 
it, we used to do library play readings and um, a, a partner would get a grant, I mean, it would get uh, money, like two grand, and then they are responsible to shell that out with their artists. So then the, it gets bigger, right? One person becomes really two, three people. So uh, we take all that, we, we document all that, and we have a stat sheet that drives me crazy every year. So we have numbers, you know, 130 people or something like that. But, you know, I don't have it in front of me. But, and again, and it doesn't seem like a lot when but it is. 300 and people go to on. a theater. Like yeah, you can go on. on the CTG website now and see yeah. these stories that were created. Um, so please do. We'll yeah. put the link somewhere. <laughs> yeah, somewhere. it'll be in the description. Um, but also, yeah, it just that's it's just such exciting programming because it's so dynamic and fluid and like it it could just be so many things where and I'm just I, I'm processing this story through what TheaterWorks did, and we generated a lot of digital content as well, but it was way more traditional, you know? It was readings, it was, yeah. you know, commissioning. We did commission some digital works, and the the process of creation was much more planned out and traditional as far as the programming was concerned, and hearing this of, great, here are some artists, here's some money, go tell a story, do a thing, you know, it's just so... It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But you know what happened is, um, I mean, it's the people that, that we're working with, you know, a former intern, Yane Garcia, and Yane is fantastic. So reaching out to Yane in the community, we had done a reading a year before with Yane's theater company, Teatro Liberado. And then pandemic, we're still connected. And then Yane, because I adore and I love, what do you all want to do? And then Yane creates... Um, a story about it's called sibs queer sibs and it's about a pair of trans uh sibs and then the next year which was earlier this year yane creates basically like a documentary about binding people who bind uh their chests and these are stories that um i don't know if they would have happened you know, and and I had a, a small little uh, set of um, gay LGBTQ plus IA stories that probably never would have happened, both audio, from audio all the way to video. It's really so. So so just to say that the the response then was different, right? Who needed to tell the stories and and that the organization, you know, was cool with it. They were cool with it because I'm cool with it. And because the thing I, I will say th that Center Theater Center Theater Group does um, appreciate is the artists. And it's like, okay, what do they want to do? And and we're okay with that. So the stories that were created um, would have been more difficult in, in a community, but online, you know. Um, and I'm sure there are people who didn't care for it, but you know what? Then watch the next community story. <laughs> right. Don't don't push play or push, or play. push, or yep. push stop in that case. So. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. <laughs> but also the empowerment of, um, and I think this is what theater when it's working, right? We are asking people to um, envision and use their imagination with us. The empowerment of asking somebody, what do you want to do? Here's some money because in our model, our current model, there's very few people who get that opportunity. It's usually circled around playwrights and to become a playwright, you need to have a certain kind of uh, 
CV behind you, right? You need to have won awards or been asked to participate in this X, Y, and Z. Um, but when we actually are in conversations with our community, we learn that there are many, many storytellers and storytelling is at the core of um, a culture, <laughs> any given culture is it's, 100%. It's, and, and I always, always think like, well, we're not, folks have done theater way before <laughs> we showed up. Um, and, and I think of, of how, how the community stories and also the library readings do this, the ones that you part that you created, um, invite people to say, what do you want to do? Here's a platform. Um, I'm not going to ask you for any requisites of where'd you go to school or what you do, but you are a storyteller. Tell your story. Yeah. Um, and how actually um, few opportunities that actually exist in our field sometimes. Yeah. And, and the impact is crazy. I was just talking to some students and, and somebody asked for some sort of example. And this is why sort of, I think sometimes the, the work matters, or at least it's a great story. It makes me feel good. But we were at a library. I don't know if you were there at the time and we presented a reading or did a workshop. Uh, uh, I think it was a workshop of some sort. Um, you name it, we've done it. <laughs> so we did a workshop and the this mother and her child this the this mother I believe she was uh, she was Mexican and monolingual Spanish speaker she came up to me and my uh, teaching artist uh, Estela Garcia and uh, she says she says to us oh my God she goes I think she had to create something she goes I forgot that I was a storyteller I forgot that I was a writer because when I was a kid, I used to write all the time and then my sister made fun of me. <laughs> my sister made fun of me and I stopped writing. And this was this was the first time that I can reconnect it. And I mean, I this is incredible. Like what happens you after that? You just run to the corner and start crying, right? <laughs> well, you're like, oh my God, that's fantastic. That's great. Good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Come get, come next week. And then she leaves and you're like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> but then you carry that with you every day. That's your fuel. <laughs> it's a little something because that's what art is supposed to do, right? Mm -hmm. That is what, um, not just art, but also um uh, uh, hospitality is supposed to do, you know, and I think that's what we're good at, and we should be doing that, striving to do that, you know, from our theaters, from the people who answer the phones, and to the ushers, to the to uh, to the performance, to after the performance, to the community stuff, you know, that's all that people really look for, and um, it doesn't take much to be nice and to listen and to to bring some wonderful program. Um, that could be large scale or very small scale. Um, uh, it's just about connecting, you know. Yeah, and it um, personally for me, whenever I hear, because I, I was able to participate in the library readings, um, and it's one of my favorite programs at CTG um, and in the community partnerships uh, dossier of work. <laughs> um, but every time, um, especially when an elder was listening to a story and was able to connect to um, how they were storytellers. And to, to me as a first generation, it always like brought me back to that, um, 
idea of how it's taken away from you mm-hmm, mm-hmm. how like the the opportunity the the term artist gets mm-hmm. taken away and used mm-hmm. as as only certain people can be artists mm-hmm. and how I'm always incredibly amazed by the journey of immigration, how you come to a country, you learn, or you don't mm-hmm. learn a new language. My grandma never learned English. She's still living here. She's, you know, she's thriving. Um, and how incredibly, how that is incredible and how sometimes the world or society takes um, that access to the arts away from you or tells you yeah. that it's something you got to go learn. Or yeah. that only institutions can do it, or only organizations can do it, and in reality, it lives with us. That's what makes it so, you know, so prevalent in our lives. And I think too of um, of of, of the program that we ran at um, Center Theater Group, the Chisme Queso, oh, um, and how Chisme in in Spanish is gossip, but it's and in Tagalog. And, and in Tagalog, um, but it's also storytelling, right? And in, in Spanish, when we use chisme, there's an element of gossiping, but there's also an element of um, fantastical storytelling attached to yeah. it. And how when we were able to create a program that tied theater and reminded folks that every day you share chisme, you're actually telling stories, people were <laughs> like, oh, what? <laughs> And how we reminded them that when they're reenacting gossip from the office, they're actually also becoming performers. <laughs> and that that is those small ways in which storytelling is, yeah. um, you know, part of your everyday life, which I know is a huge um, almost mantra of your department, right? Is that theater is part of your everyday life. Yeah, that was really early on okay. from the from the very get go. Uh, we talked that through. It probably existed before I got there, and that's a note I didn't toss away. Um, but I think uh, that that that's exactly right. You know, uh, how do we make theater part of everybody's life in one way, shape, form, or other? Because there is so little connection to theater that some of us had, especially immigrants. Um, like I said, my mom, right? So so we have so many people in LA who sew, who work at the garment district. We have so many people who build. Um, and that's what we do in theater, right? We build, we sew, we market, we make, we perform, we write. Uh, and, and this is just a really simple, simplified way of connecting people to the work we do, to, for them to just consider theater because we know how wonderful it is. We know how powerful it could be entertaining and deep and long lasting and all that and enjoyable. Um, and that's why I do it uh, really, you know, the very selfish reason. Um, but the moment we bring senoras who worked in the garment district or, or sew at home for their kids and make all their quinceanera dresses, the moment you bring them out of their house and invite them into your costume shop and they walk in and they're like, oh my God, wow. It's incredible. It's incredible. <laughs> oh that moment, God. like. Um, you, it was like, yeah. oh. And just for context, um, the community partnerships department uh, does workshops at the shop, at CTG mm. shop. Um, where, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the head costumer at the time, Candice, mm-hmm. and her team and would work yeah. with community members and basically 
um, run the showing, the showing, the sewing machines, do projects. You also have the head of the props teaching yeah, um, community yeah. members how to refurbish furniture and all sorts of things. Um, so for context, yeah, but continue. No, that's incredible. <laughs> this is how you connect it, right? They don't have to go into theater. They don't have to become artists. They don't have to become all these other things. But in my mind, um, it demystifies what this is. It invites them into our world. And if down the line, some a kid, a son or whatever says, I want to go into theater, they're not completely blinded. You know, like, I don't know what that is. They're, they're, hopefully we give them a little bit of hope. <laughs> they can actually have fun in theater. And, uh, uh, and that's sort of why I do what I do and to add it into their lives. People who go to a workshop or, or a reading at the library may be the first and only time they in, intersect with theater and, and, and a form of theater, right? Because there's so many site-specific and, and it's not just the theater. So that is why I do it and I'm allowed to do it. And it is part of the mantra in the education department, which I'm thankful for. And, and that's where the, the organization supports it in the like, yeah, do what you do, <laughs> you know, uh, way like, yeah, I will. Um, but that is why we do it, you know, and everything is free and everything's bilingual. So, so there is no money coming back in, but then what happens is, um, we get these stories, these wonderful community stories, right, from people of how they're feeling. But then what happens is internally, the staff starts to shift. The staff starts to change. And I think on a very molecular level. And 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 Alejandra, you're you know this, you know, we go from staff members saying, Yeah, bring community into the shop or whatever. And then you bring them in, it's like, oh my God, don't touch anything. Very fascinating. And then a year later, because my work is not just the work of designing and implementing community programs, but it's, I also believe in working on staff and working with staff because they are also a community. And this is, this is my personal view, you know, that the, the community that I am constantly thinking about is Boyle Heights artists and the staff. So that a year later, you have staff members like, okay, so next year I have some ideas for some workshops. It's like, oh, really? Because <laughs> six months ago, you were like, I don't know. Don't touch anything. Find the waiver. The over there. Make sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're taking Spanish classes and then we're eating tamales together. And the, so it is incredible. It's a lot of work. And, and, I, and you know this, I talk about it very freely, very like simple. But there's so many layers to the work we all do, and, um, and and you just can't really uncover all the layers, right? It's this onion; you can't uncover all the layers. But know that it's, we're not just having fun, which I love to have fun. We're also thinking about intersections and deep and relationships and long-lasting and and um, and change and experimenting. So, I mean, at least uh, that's what I try to do. Yeah, I think, um, and it's just so funny, but from my experience in working with you, I think that the, the intentional outreach to staff um, is such a huge part of your work as well. I mean, so the way that you described how you show up for individuals 
um, in the community is the same way that you, I've seen you work with staff at CTG who perhaps have never, first of all, met someone like you um, or have had to do programs like with you, um, but inviting them in also with agency to um, say, hey, um, you have a costume shop. You're a teacher because many folks in our field are also teachers. Mm -hmm. Why don't you get into conversations with our community? And I, I feel like that's a very intentional part of the strategy oh. that I've seen you bring to the table and how important that is when we're doing this work is to remind folks who are interested in doing this work is that there are many communities. It's not just everyone outside of the walls, but kind of the most important community is the one is your staff. One hundred you're sitting with, because um, if you are no longer leading the work, they can lead the work. They understand the values that community partnerships brings to CTG yeah. um, and the work that I've seen you do with board members, with leadership and with mm -hmm. other like department and also just uh, empowering uh, interns to do and yeah. also asking them as well, like, what do you want to do? Yeah. And how empowering that phrase is always like, yeah. and a lot of times I feel like when you ask folks, they don't know how to respond to that because they don't. Oh, they don't. That. So yeah. they're like, wait, what? No, I don't know. But then you ask them again and you ask them again. And all of a sudden they're like, wait a minute. Um, I want to play. Yeah, you're having fun. <laughs> you're not grumpy like the rest of the people. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> that could be an overreach, but I will say I've seen a pattern of that. <laughs> it is 100% part of the strategy. And it's very important. And, and it's who I am that everybody's, you know, but it's who I am. And, but we're working together. And if I need something done, I need your support, right? I need their support and vice versa. Uh, they might not know they need my support, but they will. Uh, <laughs> but they, we need it. We're an organization. So even though the mission doesn't boldly say, you know, we believe in Boa Heights and community partnerships, um, we do believe in the art form and we do believe in the power of it. So, but we all need to do it together. It's, you know, uh, putting on a show is the same as putting on a, a small community program. Um, and if I can get them involved, um, then it's easier. Uh, but it does make working at an organization um, where you get stuck in the deadlines, got to get to the show, the show must open mentality, we got to sell tickets, all that. It makes a big difference when then all of a sudden they come to Saturdays and they lead a workshop, even though they've worked, you know, and yes, I'm not going to do workshops when they're busy. We just had a meeting. I was like, great. These are eight Saturdays between December and, and June that we're going to do. So we work together, but they are so happy to do it because we're happy and we have a good time and they get to express their artistry, which is something that the, our, our organizations forget about their staff and so many of them are artists and if you yeah if you if you want to change the culture if you want to make people happy all you have to do is just see them recognize them and provide some something like this it's not just oh we're gonna go play baseball together we're gonna go get drunk together it's these other little things you know um, like giving them opportunities to 
interact with one another, with community, uh, show them, show off your skills, lead some workshops, um, and it makes a big difference. And and some of the tech companies have seen it, right? Where they're like, you have 10% of your time to do your own whatever widget, whatever the heck they're yeah. doing now. <laughs> but it's the same thing, you widget. know. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. The kids are doing in Silicon Valley. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I think that that's the 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 nugget there is is we we are we are comprised of artists a lot of times, right? Yeah. Theater staffs, theater organizations, and that's everyone. But not everyone is in the front line of receiving praise. So as an actor on stage, you finish the show, you get the applause, you, you know, you you get a direct feedback from the folks that you, from community, um, that you are appreciated for your work, but not everybody receives that. And when we are in the hustle or, or again, as we spoke about these models that don't make room for life, um, we forget that we are artists and we also, it's important to feel and be connected to our communities in many different ways outside of uh, going to a bar and playing baseball. <laughs> I do neither. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> All right, I do both. It's fine. <laughs> and it's okay. Exa- it's exactly. Cool. It's totally cool. All, All good. All good. <laughs> safe space. Safe space. First of all, it's um, just been great listening to the two of you riff. I mean, Alejandra and I just just talking about the the various facets of, of what people have and, and what they bring to the table that aren't necessarily recognized. I mean, I feel like every time we have a meeting one-on-one, there's a different facet of something you've done before or that I've done before <laughs> that we discover and like, oh, yeah, oh, amazing. You know, just... <laughs> and it's just because you talked. <laughs> exactly. I, I'm curious, and, and it, I mean, you've, you've, we've kind of been touching upon everything, but not that we have... I, I am still also very much of the mind that we are still in this pandemic, still navigating yes. things, but we have returned to the model um, that, that everyone is comfortable with. How has that shifted your work? We're returning to in-person starting next week to some of the libraries. I will say that they're having a really difficult time attracting patrons back, which is fascinating as we are having trouble attracting patrons back to the theater. So what has shifted in this time is my need and my want to help them bring back, attract patrons to the library with the work we do. Um, I care about them. So so it, it was very clear to uh, be like, oh, let me shift my thinking to how can we help them? How can I provide some service to help them attract their service? So, so I've thought about that. Um, none of the none of the work changes considerably, um, except that I mean it doesn't. You know, I still lead sort of the same way. I still believe sort of the same way. Uh, things have gotten deeper in as far as like community members who. I can't wait to see them in person because they were with us even on Zoom, which was shocking um, that they were there. And it was because they missed community. They missed doing something and uh, and they liked being with us. <laughs> so I think that's great. And so so I'm going to be excited to, to see them again in person and meet new people. 
in programming, the big shift then was, okay, let me double down on how much, how many, how much free programming I can put out there for them. Mm-hmm. So, so it's going to be a, a busier year. Uh, so like I had, for instance, commission money and I moved all that money. I have one commission. So I moved the, you know, like six grand over to just workshops for supplies and for artists and, and paying staff too. This year we're shifting. This is, this is okay. This is a shift. Um, we're shifting to giving the staff members a stipend mm. because um, for the most part, they would just adjust their hours or their salary. And so this year, because of the last two years, I use money to to pay uh, people who are furloughed. For instance, like like Whitney and Maddie who were furloughed, and it's like, no, we need to give them some money. Um, so that's been the big shift. Uh, putting in the line item now that the the honor area honor area grows, and some of that money will be to to those leading workshops that could be staff, not just outsiders. And um, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, and the organization's okay with that. You know, we're we're okay. So we back that. So, so I don't want it to sound like it's all terrible there. It's not. There's some wonderful stuff like this, and I get the opportunity to do this. But um, that's the biggest shift. I was going to ask for context. How long have you been doing this work? Because I, I, one of the things that I find troubling sometimes is that when organizations start kind of these engagement community partnership programs, they, they, there's a belief that they will be seeing change within a year um, or within even two. Um, how long have you been doing this work? I was hired in 2013, October 2013, October 8, 2013. So you do the math. Uh, before <laughs> that, I had uh, the theater company, Stelly Rep which is really where you started to learn about like, oh, why are people coming to see my shows? <laughs> and then you're sort of like, oh, maybe for many reasons, like you don't <laughs> talk to them or uh, or your show sounds stupid. Um, so then that's really when it starts. Because <laughs> you want to be something you're not. Uh, before then, I was at Teatro Vision right in San Jose, which is very community. So I learned a lot there. Um so it's always been in there, right? It hasn't been codified until recently. Right now, you can go probably study all this stuff. And and so it's been a long time. I will say for anybody doing this work, um, I've been fortunate again and had the luxury to sit and think and just think and just think and imagine. I've had the luxury to to take my time and to go out and meet people, to talk to people and to share meals with people and to drive around and to, you know, walk around and to really look at the community because you know Alejandra East uh, Boyle Heights is not I say this over and over again Boyle Heights is not flat Mm-mm. so you have to you know I have a map you know I love maps we love maps so you, I stare at the map constantly but it's because what's there what's really there what is what are the obstacles to community what are the sub communities within sub communities within sub communities right there's so much going on in these communities so you can you can never say i serve all heights or community because you can't um and there's too many people and there's too many sub communities um but um you you have to be um uh, you have to be incredibly open to knowing that the that the 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 work 
uh, will continue without you, right? Uh, but it's gonna take it's gonna take a lot of time to figure out what's working, what's not working. It's, you have to make decisions of this partnership did not work. That's okay. I need to move on. I need to say thank you. No, thank you. This partnership is doing really well. Let's grow it. Let's figure out what more we can do with it. Let's ask them what they want. Um, you have to take it slow and you have to uh, experiment. There's nothing wrong with experiment. And you have to make it clear to your team, to your group, to your funders, what success looks like. And we've been very good at that. Mm -hmm. At least our education, the board members that are part of the committee are, we make it super clear. You know, Tracy Kwan's program of student matinee is going to get you thousands of kids to see a matinee. Jesus's program is going to get you a thousand in a year. Maybe. <laughs> maybe one show at the Amundsen is 1,500 kids. It's going to take me a year and a half to get 1,500 people. So we make it incredibly clear, and they have signed off on it. We have been really real. If they wanted bigger numbers, then they need to replace me, get somebody else. This is where the engagement and audience development, right? Um, and that's okay. Tell me what it is you want, and, and then I'll tell you what I can do, and maybe I'm the wrong person for it. Or believe in what I'm going to say to you, and then I'm the right person for you. So... Um, to be very clear what those numbers are going to be and they better be cool with deep relationship as opposed to hundreds and thousands of people that you know you'll never meet um uh yeah yeah i mean that's um it's it's just important to hear out loud right because it's um I think about these characteristics of white supremacy that are really infused in our models of theater, right? And, and the things that you've named are in complete opposition, right? Of urgency, yeah. uh, of removing urgency, of mm -hmm. asking for feedback, of transparency around what um, the deliverables are, mm -hmm. um, about removing this idea of paternalism. And mm -hmm. if you brought me in for the job, then trust and what I say and what I one hundred percent. And I think with you specifically naming early on in the beginning of the episode um, that you are from Boyle Heights, yet you don't know the community. You know your version of the community, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's very specific to your experience. But as you've mentioned, there are thousands of people that live within the square footage, which <laughs> oh. is quite small of Boyle Heights, with thousands of different stories, and mm -hmm. we are not a monolith. That's right. So in order to do the work to understand that community, um, you need time to do that work to, like you said, talk to folks, um, walk the beat. I don't like that term because it's like copy, but um, <laughs> <laughs> to have meals, to see where people go and all these things. And that um, may not have um, a kind of monetary return. Um, in the way that we're so used to when we pull audience numbers for a student matinee or even a show. But I do um, remember something you also said earlier is like, well, then let's let's think about in reality, in comparison, if I have a $25,000 budget and I'm getting six people and you have a budget of a million dollars and you're getting um, I don't know, half of your audience is filled. We're kind of doing the same work. I'm actually more <laughs> successful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
if we were to scale it together, I'm actually doing uh, better numbers here. So yeah. thinking about those things, especially when if anyone is interested in entering the field or is in a position where they are in uh, working with audiences or communities or engagement is that um, you need time to get to know the community you're talking about, be specific about the community part, uh, the community you're talking about. Um, the community does not need you <laughs> at all. They will be there with or without you. Um, and they were no, there before you got there. <laughs> they, they're going to be there after you get there. Um, the importance of having fun in this work yes. and bringing joy. Um, and that could look however it looks to you. But again, like you said, if I'm running the program and I'm not having fun, there's no way anybody else is going to be having right. fun. Well, how can you expect um, any community members to want to join to you? To want to even talk to you. <laughs> and I've seen it. You know, yeah, I've seen, I've it, seen yeah. it too, yeah. right? Where, you know, there's it's like, a, let's put on a show. Let's get all the people and put on a show in a community. And you're like, what? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? What do you want from me? But like all of these things that are directly in opposition to the way we run our theaters. And I think it's just really important to hear you talk about that direct experience and just call it out of like, that's not the same. If you want to sell tickets, that's audience development. And that's a clear relationship. And nobody's going to get mad at you. Um, yeah, if, I, if I'm going to sell tickets, I would not be in Boa Heights. Exactly. Of all places in like LA County. Yeah. No, they're, they're, you know, like send me somewhere where the, the income is higher. Send me somewhere where they speak a lot of English, mm -hmm. you know, because that's all we're doing. You know, send me somewhere where they know what Broadway means, not Broadway downtown LA, Broadway New York. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, it does not mean Ball Heights does not recognize and know what theater is and what or does theater because there's many theater companies in yes. boyle heights and east la just there's not so much in what art. you're selling yeah yeah there's so much art in boyle heights already historically yeah that um but if you want me to sell them tickets then that's somebody else that's another job but then it's going to have to go hand in hand with not just the relationship building but then the programming exactly. the marketing you know, there's so many other layers to it. And do you want to do that work? I don't know. Thank you to our guest, Jesus Reyes. Links to his incredible work can be found in the episode description. This interview took place in October of 2022. Since then, in-person programming has resumed in partnership with local libraries. Subscribe to our podcast to follow our conversations with the field. Our next guest is Lauren Turner from No Dream Deferred, based out of New Orleans. Until next time, keep doing the, the work. work.